Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. I'm Heather Carter and I am super happy you are here today listening to me uh, because that means you are open to learning. That means you are open to seeing new ways, new possibilities and allowing new opportunities and people to come into your life that can help you, that can change your life, that can better your life and that you can possibly help them change their life, better their life and present new opportunities to them. How cool is that? It's fucking amazing, right? So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk actually probably for a little bit, um, meaning a couple episodes, about you know chemical addiction, addiction, what happens in these relationships? How is it that you know somebody continuously is attracting the narcissist? How is it that you guys, somebody is continuously attracting the dismissive avoidant? How is it that we're continuously attracting, attracting the same people that um, uh, can trigger us? How is it that we're tra- attracting the same people that we trigger? Now, how is it that their wounding matches our wounding? What? Yeah. And then how is it that we continue to have the same fight, the same underlying feelings, the same emotions, the same um, automatic negative thoughts about our partner, and we do nothing about it? What, what, what is that? What, what is that about? Like, where does that come from, Right. So would you, so I wanted to ask you you something, you know, how do you think we can stop creating our lives this way and let go of that victim archetype as a model for how to live? Because what we're doing actually is continuously allowing ourselves to be a victim, to be a victim of our own unprocessed emotions. And we continue to attract people and are attracted to people that create a victim in us. That allow, that keeps us in the victim story because no doubt you're probably being victimized at some point in your relationships, right? For sure. But, but what? when do you own this? When does it come time to say, I'm not staying in this any longer? I'm not doing this. I'm going to heal my side of the street and see what happens in this relationship or I'm going to just be done, but I'm going to heal and I'm not going to continue this, right? So ask yourself, you know, when are you going to stop creating the life that you do not desire? When are you going to heal? Because what happens is, you know, we continue to ignore the people and the things that we keep bringing into our life. We continue to ignore it and we just say we blame it on them, right? So, you know, I, I want you to take the any um, relationship you're in right now that has discord and most likely it's your romantic relationship, right? And it's nothing but reaction followed by reaction followed by reaction and it's that freaking fear dance, okay? And I want you to think about that. Um, what is it about this dance that you should be looking at that says, hey, I need to heal this. What are your triggers? What are your fears, right? Um, what if you could actually look at this relationship that you're in um, as an opportunity to heal and grow, right? Wouldn't it be a kind of a different interpretation? And instead of continuously saying the other person's wrong, which most likely they are, by the way, um, 
look at your side and then heal and stop your triggered reactions. And if they don't heal, then you say goodbye. It's literally as simple as that. And I know it sounds, um, you want to say, oh, Heather, yeah, it's really, I know it's not easy to say goodbye, but I do know, um, you know, somebody said to me, Heather, but you know, um, I, when I when I broken up or you know when I broken up with him or her I'll just say both but anyways I'm crying in the bathroom I'm sad at my family gathering I'm sad at this I go okay here's the thing about it when you're with that person aren't you crying in the bathroom aren't you sad at your family gatherings aren't you sad all day what's the difference what's the difference. You're angry in the relationship, you're angry out of the relationship. You're sad in the relationship, you're sad out of the relationship. You you feel anxiety in it, you feel anxiety out of it. You keep threatening, nothing changes. You keep doing the same thing, you're part of the problem. Oh God, that sucks to hear, I know. It sucked when I had to tell myself those things, that I'm part of the problem of everything that I was bringing into my life. But until you get out of victim mentality, you stay stuck, right? See, we don't heal what needs to be healed until, guess what? The discomfort is so big, we are literally forced to ask, what is going on here? And sometimes, and I know it, that that message has to become so loud and the pain extremely intense before we pay attention. For some people, it is a life-threatening illness because if you stress creates the toxic chemical of cortisol, the toxic chemical of adrenaline continuously running through your bloodstream and eventually that toxic chemical will create disease in the body. Right? I've said it before about the amount of clients that I have that have autoimmune disorders. Um, you know, again, if there's a book that you want to read, <clears throat> excuse me, about how our stress affects our life, it's called Deadly Emotions. I will put the link in the, the show notes here, somewhere wherever you guys find my link, I mean, like the notes here. It's called Deadly Emotions by Don Colbert, MD. Um, <clears throat> anger and hostility causes hypertension, coronary artery disease, resentment, bitterness, Bitterness, unforgiveness, insult, hatred, autoimmune disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, multiple sclerosis, anxiety, IBS, that's so proven. I mean, all of these are, but anyways, panic attacks, mitral valve prolapse, heart palpitations, repressed anger, tension and migraine headaches, chronic back pain, TMG, fibromyalgia. Again, I'm going to put the link to that book for you. It's a must. I mean, it is a must read. It's unbelievable, the evidence supporting this doctor. So, <clears throat> when you see the person you're with as, you know, the villain, villain, villain <laughs> and you are the victim, but the truth is this, and this is hard to understand, you attracted this person into your life precisely because what? At some level, you knew that they would prove that belief about yourself, and what's the universal one? I'm not good enough, right? Um, someone that's unfaithful to you, hmm? that supports this belief, um, yep, you're not good enough, you know? So now, what do you do with that? 
Um, do you stay? Do you heal? Do you, you know, there's two roads you can take. You can leave immediately and then you just go track to another person that's unfaithful if you don't heal. If it depends upon, you know, the situation and the unfaithfulness. But the thing is this, if you keep, um, if you don't ever heal those limiting beliefs that say, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, all of those things, you're going to keep attracting people into your life that prove you're not good enough, you're unworthy. You can heal together. That's the most beautiful thing. It's so beautiful when it happens, but two people have to want to heal. They have to stop coming at each other from their child, right? So, um, because then when you heal that original pain, everything changes, and it's the truth. The original pain must be healed, right? Um, because otherwise, what's going to happen? Your partner is going to continually act out that, yeah, you're not good enough. So I'm going to cheat on you or you're not good enough. I'm just going to keep berating you. You're not good enough. I'm just going to be telling you what a piece of shit you are because you're not good enough. Now, what? So what happens when you say, I am good enough. I am worthy. I am this. Trust me when I tell you everything starts changing because the energy starts changing. You stop reacting. You're able to calmly say, Let's talk about this. Are you, do you need a moment? Can I, <clears throat> what can I do to help? Everything starts changing. You know, right now, recently, the most recent ones, two couples that I'm working with, actually almost done, both literally done, done. Didn't think it was ever going to work. Didn't see a way. I was on my call with the, uh, one of them last night, and I have to admit, I started just crying. I couldn't believe what I had just witnessed. And actually, the other call was um, with the other couple. One of them was yesterday. One was last night. One was during the day yesterday. And it was the same thing. And I just, and it's so beautiful to see and watch this happen. But here was the thing. I have to tell you this in all <clears throat> honesty. All it works the best when both people are ready to be done with their childish ways. And that's the truth. I can absolutely help one person change their marriage or their relationship without the other one. It can happen, but it's much more difficult. Only because the other person is so still um, em embracing victimhood, right? So it, it, it's time for you to make some decisions here. You know, we're right on to the cusp of 2023. In th three days, it's going to be 2023. And every time we make someone else wrong, we become a victim, right which makes healing impossible there's a there's a the process is to get in touch with your original pain right so um you have to choose whether to heal and go and grow or to be right that's the bottom line do you want to heal and grow or do you want to be right if you can look at your partner as a gift 
whoa, that will really open up a lot of good stuff for you because this is a gift. I can now look at my triggers. I can look at my fears and know these are the things that I need to heal. Okay. I can see this as the gift to healing and I'm not going to make them wrong. I'm not going to make them the villain and me the victim. I'm going to take this as a beautiful gift, as an opportunity to heal, right? See, all of our memories have an emotional component to them, which is associated with past experiences. So guess what that means? Consequently, all thoughts are emotionally based. And when we recall them, we are also associating the emotions stored within them. So as we recollect, right, our combined memories, Stay with me. Related to people. Are you listening? Places. Stay with me. Things, times, and events. Each of those things have its own emotional association. So what we're doing is we're turning on these independent neural networks that are connected to each. And so those connections that connect the experience with the emotion based on those um, memories related to the people's places, things, and stuff, situations, when they're triggered and they're turned on, you are right back physiologically and mentally in that same spot. And this is the easiest way for me to define a relationship addiction. Now, let's say you're in a very agitated state, okay? Your significant other has brought up something you did six months ago. You failed to communicate an important message or something. And, okay, you're really, really ticked off, okay? Because it seems like this is the thousandth time this has, you know, been brought up. Um, so the comment that your partner just makes to you was, are you sure no one called while I was out? Okay, so you can read this underlying subtext, right? So you're like, yes, I'm sure. I'm not an idiot. I know when the phone rings. I know how to ask. May I take a message? And then your partner pours gas on this fire. They're ready. They're ready. I never said you didn't know how to take a message. I'm just not sure how, you know, if you know how to pass it on. Okay. Now, from that point on, you two start dredging up every major sin since the two of you met. Now, what if I were to step in at that point, right? Like, or somebody to step in that point and say, oh, time out. I know that you're really angry right now. I can see it in your face and I can hear it in your voice. I'm asking you to stop. Can we stop for a second? Now, I'm not there to do that, and nobody else is there to do that, and nobody else is going to be there in that moment to do that, except maybe your kids who are watching this experiencing trauma, because trauma is a continuum of events that cause an emotional reaction that cannot be processed by a child at that moment, right? And I guarantee this is not the first fight your child has witnessed. So... That means if there's nobody there to stop you, because I'm not living in your house, or nobody else, your therapist isn't living in your house, or your coach, right? So then that means somebody else has to be mature enough to say, and the adult to say, let's stop. 
we're really angry right now. So that means it's going to come down to one of you. But how are one of you going to do that when you're operating at a child because you're connecting all those neural circuits that say, oh, I got this this experience and this emotion is brought up again. Boom, limbic system, con in, old brain, old brain, prefrontal cortex, attack, attack. You're not going to do it. Right? So the... So stopping that rush of emotions and all of those recollections, all those wrong things is not easy, right? Because what's happening? Your system is gearing up for fight or flee. That's what it's doing. And now what happens? One of you is ready to fight and one of you is most likely ready to flee. Now, if you're both fighters, it gets ugly. If you're both withdrawers, you fleers, you are living with a roommate. Right. So then, what happens now? Guess what? Oh no! It's so much. It's it's just this verbal battle is whole horrible. So you've got this overabundance of chemicals that have produced all this energy to mobilize you, and you're stuck. Now you might suppress, you might rationalize, you deflect, you get into silly arguments, you drag up everything. You can't change the channel, even if you wanted to. Why? Why can you not change the channel? Because the chemical dependency that you, you, is the pattern within your body and your mind. It's a chemical addiction, right? It's a neural network. We can't do it, right? It, it, it just becomes this hard, really thing to stop. So we become insecure. We react without thinking. We sink into guilt. We're embarrassed. We're shamed. We're rejected. We blame. All of these things are 100 for sure happening. And it stays and it never stops. It just continues. And then maybe later on you carry on this, you know, dialogue. Um, do you mind if I watch the game? Doesn't matter, you know. And this, your partner's thinking, what a kind of hell of a question is that? Do I mind if you watch the game? You know what? Him, him and his stupid games sitting there like some kind of, you know, life and death matter. Oh, God. Why the hell do I bother? He's never going to change. Everything I do is wrong. Everything about him. There you go. Screwing up again. He's just like my dad. Just like my dad. Then the partner says, thanks. Does it even matter? Uh, you know, God, she says it doesn't matter, but I know she's just sitting there bitching in her mind. And it just goes on and on, right? And so, um, guess what? Guess what? You ready? And this is, again, hard. We're choosing a mate who will reproduce the wounds of our past, which guess what it does? Here it is. It allows us to maintain the chemical state of being we've enjoyed, <laughs> right? And we've become conditioned to for the previous 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And now here's what's hard. So why is it that we keep attracting those people? Because even if you were to split up with this person, you're going to still have the memories of the experiences that give you that chemical hit that unfortunately we crave because guess what we feel shame we feel not good enough and none of that has changed and the entire process process of this splitting up breaking up reinforces our feelings of what inadequacy 
and shame. Shame of what? Falling short. Again, because we're not good enough. So the voice in our head tells us, oh, you can't do anything right. You can't even find anybody and stick with them. How hard can it be? Oh, Jesus, what am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to look my mom and dad in the eye? Damn it, damn it, there I am. I'm just a horrible, shitty, horrible person. And the shame and anger loop spins on. And now this is where the two addicts, the chemical addicts, the chemical addictions you've been playing in your life for 20 to 30 or 40 or more years, guess what? Are You're partying together. And you cannot stop these actions. You cannot stop these things midstream. You cannot become self-conscious or consciously aware, I should say. And and basically what's holding this relationship together is just nothing but a chemical addiction. This cocktail of your stress um, um, uh, hormones and their stress hormones playing off each other. And then the couple will continue this pattern for a very, very, very long time. Some until their deathbed. And what will happen is you age... Yeah, you'll just get less, you know what, shit will start, stop happening a little bit more because guess what, you're getting old and you're tired and you just don't have the energy to do any, that crap anymore, right? But you actually lived a life that sucked in your marriage. And that's the truth. You actually lived a shitty marriage. I watched it with um, plenty of people, but my grandparents, oh my God, what a miserable thing that was. So what does this mean? The brain is basically neurologically hardwired to and chemically dependent on our emotions. So when our current life, you know, circumstances doesn't produce these chemicals, we need to maintain this customary, you know, state of being, we will create chaos. We will create shit where there is no shit, right? Um, and then if there were, we can't create it, we will take something that our partner says and we will rip it apart and jump on it. We will take, we will be offended by everything. Everything will offend us and we will have to say, I need you to hear why I'm offended. And if you're not doing it with your partner, you're doing it with the world. Hey, I don't mind people that have beliefs. I don't care what, whatever you believe in. I know, you know, religion, whatever you believe on about COVID shots. Hey, it doesn't affect me. I have my own set of beliefs, right? We have beliefs based on our family, our peers, where we went to school, um, where we grew up, everything. I can't fault somebody for believing in something that that is where they're surrounded, right? Because what? Most of us believe things that our family believes until we pull out if, if you know, and come out on our own. Why do you think people have to go on social media and shout conspiracy theories and and literally kill people that don't believe with them and not kill them? I'm sorry. Um, stand against them. Why are we stand? Why are we against people? Why can't we be for something? Because anytime you're against something, that means what? You're in the negative. You're angry. So instead of being against this, how about I am for this? But what happens if you're against something? You are getting, guess what? That chemical toxicity that you have lived in most of your life. And that's the truth. I could say, I do not, um, I, I am on that, I am on the side of getting COVID shots or I don't believe in COVID shots. And this is why. I'm not going to be against an entire other population. I'm not going to be against Right? It doesn't work. And we do that in our relationships. We do that in life. We have to be 
against someone or something. We can't be for ourselves or for peace. And that's not, by the way, a Pollyanna way of looking at things. I'm for healing. I, of course, would say I'm against toxicity, but I'm for healing. I'm for healing the relationship. I'm for healing you. Now, if I'm for healing relationships and for healing individuals, that means I need to talk about healing. Why we stay stuck. I'm not going to say I hate anybody that doesn't heal. How could you not heal? How dare you just go in through this? I don't hate people for that. This is hard. This is hard work. And anybody thinks that it's easy, they're crazy. But I love every person that I come in contact with because the human spirit is the most amazing gift that we've been given on this earth. And I believe in the human spirit more than anything else. And I do because I believe in God and I believe God exists within each of us. So that means you have, guess what, the ability to restore equilibrium healthily to yourself and to your relationships. Thank you for tuning in. I care. I love you. Um, the link to that book is going to be in the, in the show notes. Deadly Emotions by Don Colbert, MD. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Until next time, bye-bye.